Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm joined for the first time this year by Neil Shah, Director of Content and Strategy for Edison Group. Um, we're going to have a look, I think, at the at the outlook for 2024. Um, I mean, it's going to, to be an election year in the UK. Whether that will make any difference to the market, of course, is another matter. Yeah, no, it's at the, I thought, you know, given this is a starting one for 2024, it's mm-hmm. good to think about, you know, where where should we be thinking the year's going to be going from an equities perspective. Um, the starting point, I think, is that it, the, the final quarter of last year was actually dominated by quite a lot of activity on the bond market. Um, and... You know, we feel that that market is now normalized um, and that, you know, that sort of cycle of rapidly rising rates and then the pivot has has largely been priced in. um, And all the easy money to be made in bonds is now uh, gone. So it feels like, you know, the, the, the flows will start to come back into the equities market. You're starting to see some tentative signs of that. Um, but, uh, and, you know, if I say that, you know, 2023 was actually a quite a tough year from a, uh, an operating trading perspective for a lot of companies, you had those rising rates, which Mm. meant that their cost of financing was increasing. You had the cost of living issues. Um, and so, you know, the wage bills were going up, the cost of inputs were going up. I feel that quite a lot of that has now worked its way through the system. We're coming out the other end. And actually, there's a slightly more benign outlook for um, listed companies. Um, the, the main challenge, I think, is really in the US where everywhere else, I think valuations look interesting. The US um, looks a little bit peaky still from a valuation perspective. And the old adage of if the US needs it, everyone else gets cold is still something to be mindful of. Um, and so if you have a look at the performance of um, you know, the US equity market, the, the, the bulk of the upside that came through in the S&P 500 mm-hmm. actually came through from the performance of the Magnificent Seven, these yeah, US yeah. large cap tech stocks. Um, and while you continue to see sort of their valuation multiples expand, you're seeing their prospective growth rates starting to decline. And I think that that is getting people to think a little bit about, um, you know, is there going to be some moderation or should we be diversifying into other areas? So um, their, pro- their, their price depends on a, a pretty huge, pretty high multiple, doesn't it? They've got to keep growing at a fast rate to justify that. Yeah, and look, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I touched on this in the sort of the, the sort of one of the final podcasts we did last year, which is um, they're very attractive businesses. The, 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 you know, they are what we see as nat- naturalistic monopolies, very, very large, dominant in the, the areas that they're operating mm-hmm. in. 
one of the big, big, big tailwinds for the market is AI, just in terms of what it can deliver from a productivity perspective. And if there's companies that are likely to be the, the, the significant beneficiaries of it, it's going to be these companies, the Apples, the Microsofts, the Googles, et cetera, yeah. the Alphabets, et cetera, are going to be, you know, probably some of the biggest beneficiaries of AI. And, and so, you know, the, the, there is the reason I think there's still interest in them is the optionality that, that they have to that. So I, I wouldn't say, you know, when I talk to professional managers, you know, they're, they're, they're still holding these businesses and are still, you know, believers in them. They're, they haven't got to the point where they say, look, I'm, I'm getting out. But, you know, I think they are doing the groundwork in terms of thinking, if I need to diversify, where else should I go? Yes, to? Yes, yes. bringing you into all the areas that there's value, interest, et cetera, which includes mm. the, the, the UK stocks. Um, you, you, you said earlier that, that, that for many companies, they've worked through the, the adjustment caused by um, higher interest rates, among other things, uh, problems with the cost of living. You, you don't think there's likely then to be a sort of raft of companies which are going to be threatened by higher interest rates? No, I mean, I think, I think look, I mean, you know, the um, uh, uh, the rates that we've seen, et cetera, are higher, but they're not ridiculous, right? So I mm. think, you know, you'll get into a normal course of refinancing, and I think a lot of companies will absorb it. Where I do think that there might be an issue is um, if you start to see you know, slightly flattish demand. So, you know, what happened with the rising rates was that, and rising input costs, was that companies put up their prices at the same time to accommodate for that. And, um, you know, what I those price increases have come through in revenue lines and supported margins and profitability. If you get into a soft quarter, you know, what's, what are you going to do? You're going to discount um, to, to get yourself through that. And so... You, I thought it was interesting when you when you looked at you know the negative earnings surprise you saw out of Nike and then of course JD Sports, you know a lot of that was because you know the premium product, high end, high priced product, etc. wasn't selling because we're all tightening our belts a little bit. And what are what are we what are they going to, to do to respond to that? Well, I think they're going to be a little bit more sympathetic to the consumer and probably offer better prices. Mm. And so there is some risk to that, which I think you've got to be mindful of. But on the whole, I think actually companies are generally going to you know look at twenty twenty four in terms of a year to get on and and build. I don't think it's going to be a you know, a, a sort of a, an outrageous boom year, but I think it's a it's a chance to make progress. Okay, we're going to pause there for a moment. Then we're going to look at one particular uh, company who's recently reported. Uh, we're back in just a moment. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Simon Rose. I'm talking to Neil Shah, Director of Content and Strategy at Edison Group, uh, about uh, the financial outlook for personal investors. Now, when I grew up in Newcastle, I lived in a suburb called Gosworth, mm-hmm. where our local bakers was the first shop. Well, then, it, it, 
company called Greg's had about four or five outlets only. Now it appears there's almost nowhere in the country you can go without them. Though I understand that they're planning on opening even more shops. They are. They are. And so, um, you know, I think uh, they just reported effectively a really outstanding quarter. Um, Better than expected um, end of the year performance compared to both our estimates and what consultants had. Um, the you know early, I, I had a I had one of those sort of thematic reports coming to uh, my my inbox at the start of of the year in terms of what are we all mm. going to eat. <laughs> it was talking about the fact that you know ultra processed foods are out and that you know we're going to be looking at alternatives etc but based on what i saw actually a lot of us are eating breaks um though their food is better than it used to be sadly the pizza baguette is a thing uh no longer but they are they are much healthier than they used to be aren't they yeah no look so it's um it, I, I think i think it's the fact that you know it, this is the it's it's, it, they're producing a product which actually, when value is important to consumers, they're mm. right in that sweet spot. Um, you know, you are seeing, and uh, you, you can go and have a look at your Greg's, you know, the queues are good. <laughs> People are queuing yeah. up for the product. Um, and, they're, you know, from a, from a financial perspective, exceptionally well, you know, plenty of cash on the balance sheet. Um, they are looking to expand their footprint, both in terms of store opening, but also longer hours. So they're moving into the evening trade. Um, and, you know, you've got a, a fantastic management yeah. team who are running this business. So, uh, you know, we, we we know them well. They are clients of Edison. But, I, you know, I, the thing I like about the Greg's management team is, is you know, they live and breathe the values yeah. of the company. There have been times where, uh, you know, the CFO of Greg's is on the tube coming to us. He's not a man who climbs into, a, you yeah. know, a, a limousine or anything like that. I think, I think it's just an exceptionally well-run company. And um, I and think how it has do invest- plenty of scope to grow. How do well? How do investors value that? I mean, for those investors who rather feel that we we you know we heard the story but didn't jump in on things like Rolls Royce and Marks and Spencers, yeah. I mean, it, is is growth over for for Greg's if you don't already own the shares? No, I mean, look, I think you know we've got. Um, if if I have a look at our our numbers, uh, you know, we got let's take the PVT number of you know for uh, FY twenty two December twenty two uh, year end. Uh, 165 million that's gonna we're expecting that to go to sorry uh sorry 148 148 million for uh, 148 for fy22 165 million fy23 um so that's just the, the period they're reporting it on um moving to 186 and then 207 for fy25 so there is you know it's a pretty substantial growth, growth yeah, yeah yeah and, and you yeah, know to a certain extent you're paying for it because the p multiple is in in near near 20 mm. um but there is a yield it's paying you know two and a half to, um 2.7 from a sort of dividend yield perspective and and I think importantly um, that there is continued scope for them to continue expanding. And as I said, it's exceptionally well run. I think there's plenty of ambition in the company uh, to keep scaling it up, and we see nothing stopping them doing that. Okay, thank you very much indeed. That is Neil Shaw, Director of Content and Strategy at Edison Group. He'll be back with me again in a fortnight's time. That's it for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. <laughs> 
sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.